Hey there, and thanks for tuning in. I've added this note to the beginning of my most recent and highest downloaded episodes to let you know of a few changes and hopefully avoid any confusion for you as listeners. You will hear me call the show Life After Business as well as reference various ventures I've been a part of over the years. When I started the show, I originally named it Life After Business because I was on a mission to learn everything I wish I would have known before we sold our family business back in 2014. And after 200 episodes and Tons of information that I've learned. I finally decided to change the name to better reflect me, the content, and the guests. One of the biggest lessons I've learned is business owners and entrepreneurs who were the happiest and most successful, in my mind, didn't focus only on sucking all the cash out of the company, and they knew the business was going to eventually continue on without them at some point in time. They literally knew exactly what they wanted from their business long term and why. They intentionally focused on building a valuable company so they could have the freedom of choices to do what they wanted from the business. So they focused on strategies that would grow value long term and give them the freedom to choose. You can learn more about the name change, my major lessons, and our definition of intentional growth in episode 200. Enjoy the episode that you're listening to right now, and thanks for being a listener. Welcome to Life After Business the podcast that helps you understand how to increase the value of your business, what your company is worth, and what your exit options are. Host Ryan Tansom and his guests give you all the information you need to get clarity and control over your business and take pride in a valuable company that gives you freedom and choices to exit on your terms. Welcome back to the Life After Business Podcast. This is episode 172. Thanks for tuning in. If you've been listening for the last handful of episodes and for the last few months, you've been hearing a common theme about tying everything we're doing into why you became an entrepreneur. It's principle number one. We have to identify what your drivers are that make you happy. Is it completely disrupting industry? Is it realizing the vision that you had for your business, your products or services? Is it maintaining community, family harmony? Really understanding what you want from your business and why and being aware of it is the first part and key to you engineering what you want. Because I do believe that us as entrepreneurs, we have the ability using our companies and the cash flow and our impact to go get what we want. One of the biggest challenges is how do you figure that out? What is the process that you go through in order to identify what good and what success and happiness looks like? That's why I'm super excited to have Chris Yonker on the show today. He is a world-leading expert in vision creation. And you might say, okay, well, what's that? He likes to call himself a transition alchemist where he helps people through his experience of decades of helping people break through sales goals and break through strategy goals in their companies. And he really boils it down into helping them in four different aspects of their life, physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional. And you might say, okay, that's a lot of fluffy, tangible, intangible stuff. But the reality is our mental models and beliefs and mindsets as entrepreneurs are some of the biggest hurdles between us and where we want to be. Chris talks about this one story in the episode about this one entrepreneur that was doing multiple you know, eight figures and they kept building and creating fires in their own company. And after he really boiled it down to say to this individual, why are you doing that? You were supposed to be working yourself out of a company, out of your company. And he said, you know what? It's because struggle is the only way to succeed. And then Chris challenged him and said, what if you didn't have to be that person that struggled anymore and still had success? 
So he and I in this episode talk about his background in neuro-linguistic programming, and he's a practitioner of that. He's a seventh degree black belt and a thought leader in personal performance, and Chris takes all of that experience and really helps identify how to eliminate resistance in your life as an entrepreneur and in your vision that you want to accomplish as an individual. I had so much fun because I related to a bunch of the stories that he told about the mental things that we tell ourselves. And one of the things that I think is interesting for you, the listener, is regardless of where you're at in your life as a journey as an entrepreneur, is as you evolve and grow as an individual, your business has the potential to become a prison in your old past that you don't want to be in anymore. And that's where I see people every day leave so much money on the table and so much value because they want to just dump the company and sell it and get rid of it because they want to go off and become that person that they want to to become it that's in their head. But Starting to be aware of what you want and why before you have that anxiety or you feel that imprisonment is the most important part to being able to engineer the exact outcome that you want. So I highly suggest that this is an episode you listen to. If you're questioning what are you doing right now? Should I have this company? What should I do next? Are you switching your roles and becoming the quote unquote visionary or owner in EOS? Are you have you worked yourself out of the company? Are you trying to figure out what the next stage is for the business? And that's why I highly suggest you reflect, listen to this episode, and if you want to actually put that into practice, check out one of our two-day growth and exit boot camps. We just got done with one in Ohio, which is why my voice is a little raspy. We spent two days diving into the five principles, which is what do you want and why? We have a bunch of exercises that help you identify tangible things that make success for you and make happiness. What are the different ways to value a company, identify your net proceeds, and how to understand the de-risk your company to increase the value of your company and your multiple, understanding all the different exit options and how they impact your valuation, your timing, your role, how long it takes between private equity, ESOPs, third parties, family transitions, identifying value drivers and how to hire the team. So I highly suggest that if you have two days and 5,000 bucks, you check out one of our growth and exit boot camps because it's potentially life-changing for you and your mindset and what you do with your business and your life going forward. So without further ado, I really hope you enjoy this episode with Chris Yonker. Sponsored by Arcona's Growth and Exit Boot Camps. Two days jam-packed with material on the five growth and exit principles and the world of mergers and acquisitions. You'll walk away knowing exactly what steps to take to get your target valuation and your best exit option. Two days at Arcona's Boot Camp will give you the clarity to control the rest of your journey as an entrepreneur. Good morning, Chris. How are you doing? Great. How are you? Doing good. I'm excited to have you on the show. Uh, we got uh, a couple people in common from the YC crew, so good shout out. And um, your background, I was, you know, I get a lot of people actually that, you know, with a lot of the podcasting PR teams that are like reaching out, having people on my show. And I saw yours, and I went to your website, and like I was super excited because of all the the verbiage that you had, and you even said the alchemist of creating. Yeah. And I yeah. love it. I love it. And it's like engineering your ideal life and kind of just teeing it up and is. You know, I talk a lot about the show about creating your ideal life. And as an entrepreneur, the, the business is such an ingrained part of your identity. And here you are, and you literally created a career out of helping people with this. So maybe just for the audience, kind of give us a little bit of a background of where you came from and, how, and what you're doing today. Sure. Um, so great question. So my trajectory is actually come, I come from corporate America, from 3M actually, and hadn't worked there for, for many, many, many years. 
and uh, some, some sales. And I think, you know, if you look at, I mean, kind of sometimes it's easier to see things in the rear view mirror, right? Like kind of looking back and you can kind of like, it's part of, I think it's part of our development and relationship once you have some life experience. And uh, you know, I've been in the working world now for 27 years. So it's not like, you know, so you have that, that perspective and you look back and it's okay, well, um, I think we should all hopefully orientate our lives on our values. And when I look at sales, like freedom is a, is a value that I cherish, um, having the flexibility. And then also I'm, I'm really about building, I, I believe life is about creating experiences. It's really what we keep, right? We, we keep the experience that we have and then, you know, then we get to create new ones. And so I'm looking ongoingly of how can I create the ultimate life experience that's truly aligned with my values, and it's not, you say, well, gee, that sounds like it's a lot about you. Well, not necessarily. It depends what's in my experience, right? What do I, what experiences do I want to have and how, how do I want to own that? And it comes from a, that comes from a place of what truly drives me as a human being and what, you know, what, and we could use this word I call tr- my truth. I, I believe our truth comes from intrinsic motivation, not from doing something because you're concerned to how it makes someone look, right? If you look at and I'm sure you've, you've read the study, and I, I, common, I commonly forget her name, but that this, you know, this lady years ago was a hospice worker. You're probably familiar with that. And she did the interviews with people on their deathbed, right? And she published it, and it's been you know, republished many, many times. But, she, but I think the most important part of all of it is, like, what were these people's, and you know, looking back in their lives, and what is it that specifically that they wish maybe had been different? Mm-hmm. And how can we learn from that, right? My, my, my clients that I'm working with, the same for you, is that they're um, somewhere typically between 40 and 65. And somewhere, you know, they're not, they can be younger, but that's, you know, in a family business, sure. But the person at this, the helm, right? The average seat, like there's a new, in the Harvard Business Review, they just published a new CEO, a CEO list of that analysis, right? And and you look at the ages of those folks. And then so you're looking at if you're mid 40s or mid 50s, you're looking uh, you know, wh- where am I at and, and where ultimately am I going? And I don't want to be in that place down the road of going like, gee, I wish some, this, something that I, I realize now I had control of that could have mm-hmm. been different. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so how do, how do I generate that? And I, I think what, what ended up happening for me is I realized in my career, how many people I became an outlier and the reason I did is because I, I wasn't doing something for what everyone else was doing. Like I, I wanted to generate the best outcomes I could exceed forecasts as a salesperson and still create this amazing life experience at the same time. Right. And then that, that was what for, for me became a tenant. And then I found out I, I, I had this natural propensity of mentoring folks and helping them break out of these normal paradigms that come with, being in a big company or working in corporate America, because there's a lot of them. And I, I find that our, the paradigms that we adopt are, are ones that are shown in society and we all kind of like, we don't question it. Right. And they're and really so hard to get out of. Yeah, it is no doubt because we're you first, you have to be conscious enough to know and then <laughs> aware enough to see them. Right. And we can talk more about that, but there's, there's something that has to happen to unlock that. And so, so this lady interviewed these folks and she, you know, one of the things that she documented was is the number one re- thing that people had said is like, you know, I wish I would, and I'm just my words, but it's yeah. like, I, I wish I'd made decisions in a way about what I wanted, not looking at this filter of how it was going to impact other someone else or what they, they felt, you know, I should do. And 
I'm like, wow, how many of us, how many of us have done that? You know, in a, in a, you know, like, Oh, you know, what's my dad going to say, or my mom going to say, and I see this all the time on the succession front with families in particular with kids, you know, and like, should I take this seat and why? And I'm always <laughs> like, let me just ask you a question. Would you even be considering this if your dad had owned a business? Like really, like, you know, like, would you, like, are you even interested in this? Because sometimes people build businesses to get to an outcome, not because they love what they're doing. I was talking to a client of mine who uh, is part of a, a family that has a bit of wealth and he's got a lot of opportunity. And he's like, well, you know, what about this? I'm like, dude, seriously, like what? I appreciate your drive, but like, let's find something you love and love and want to do. There's a lot of ways to make money. Mm-hmm. And there, there's tons of them. So like, it's, it's not about a problem of opportunity, right? But so news to say, you, I was just saying, so how did you, how did you get out of corporate America and start doing that though? So like, cause you, you made the jump to start yeah. mentioning with these people. I mean, like in getting into the succession, I mean, it, it's a, it's a grueling, interesting world that you and I live in with, cause yeah. there's so many dynamics that are involved. So like, why did you decide to take the bull by the horns? Yeah. So what ended up happening was this, I, there's someone I knew who would ask me to coach them. So I started doing that. So then that now I'm doing that. And then, and then about eight years ago, there's a friend of mine that, who said, Hey, you know, he's had a consultant who's a consulting and he, he's serving a small mid-sized business. And he asked me to start, you know, if I'd be willing to do some engagements with him and because of my sales background and leadership background. So I just started doing some of that. And then the third thing that I got interested in was neurolinguistic programming. And so I enrolled working with uh, Wyatt Marilyn Woodsmall, who cool. are, are very well known in that, in that arena. And I worked with them for several years and became a practitioner in neurolinguistic programming. And I realized how much behavior drives outcomes and Can you explain so, that for the listeners that might not know what yeah, that is? I, yeah, I do because so, I geek out on this stuff too, but like just, in, just in case they don't know what it is. So yeah, so NLP is basically it's the science of behavior change. It was built, I don't know, uh, 30, 40 year, 50, you know, years ago. One of the reasons that neurolinguistic programming became popular was because of Anthony Robbins. Uh, he worked, actually, he worked with uh, my mentor early on. And so it's, it's basically Tony's got, when he's coaching folks, he's, it's not... But what he's doing is not by accident. Like there's specific things that he's doing. There's, there's methodologies and strategies. And it really comes down to how we unpack our mastery or how someone else unpacks their mastery and that you can replicate it. And, and so NLP is about how do you generate an outcome? And actually ever and earlier in when we we're just a few minutes ago, when we were talking, I was talking about being aware that's part of it, right? You have to have clarity in the outcome you want to have. But you also have to have enough what they call sensory acuity. You have to be aware of what's going on. See, if you think about it, we have five senses. And so these five senses, that's how we take information in. And it's all filtered in our subconscious mind. And then we filter out anything that's not congruent with what we think and believe. So NLP helps you uh, get a deep understanding of what's happening there. And it does, and, and helps generate behavior change, new outcomes that can, that can happen in regards to state how you feel, to what you do like um and what you produce and so uh, i've leveraged it and not only for myself but you know, just all capacities when, when working with folks well it's, it's what i find so interesting because I, I i absolutely love this stuff i mean tim ferris is going into this and then michael poland and all like all these people that are really how do we how does our mind make up the stories it's got yeah. the default mold network in the frontal cortex all this stuff without going on because that's not the premise of this show but like you i could go all the way down to that but like what i find interesting chris is that entrepreneurs as a dna and a personality type have like the story that they build they've got their 
typically visionaries that build this vision and whatever. And I think it's, I'm curious as you're working with people, like how that vision changes over time as they change. And you, you had mentioned right before we got on the show that this prison that happens as you're evolving, you kind of just, the vision changes, but then you now have this anchor or this baggage of what you've built. And then how do you rechange your mind and evolve your mind as an owner as you change? Yeah, that's a good, really good, interesting question. So let's look at, you know, the context of all, all of this. And in fact, that's part of the, what your question is, what the reason why I, I, I just started doing um, vision workshops, right? Just get together for a day or a couple of days. Uh, and then next year we'll be starting launching retreats, but around like, let's unpack your whole life and like all of <laughs> super it, right? easy, right? That's yeah. Like, and I, you know, and it's, it's everything from health and wellness to your loving relationships, to parenthood, to your business, to your finances, to your impact on the world and the legacy you want to live, all these things uh, to also even with your spiritual orientation, because that, that's a huge paradigm that mm-hmm. runs how we make decisions and, and how we look at life and ourselves and relationships to life. And I mean, the interesting point, and I'm going to answer your question, but I think the interesting point that to consider with all this is that these are all illusions, all of them. Every, every piece of reality is based on some level of an illusion. So if we're choosing these illusions, why not choose illusions that empower us? <laughs> that you like. You know? like, <laughs> right? like, okay, like, you see, like, what, what's the point of creating an illusion that's disempowering? Isn't, that's kind of that's kind of silly, right? Like, so, um, but we, we have to, we have to really truly accept that that's, that's the, the potential. And I think what ends up happening for folks is I believe it's all ruled by consciousness because a consciousness meaning like, what's my level of awareness around all of this and how am I showing up to that? Well, isn't it because, so, yeah, yeah. You're so right. right. Like, like I, I think that like, so the analogy I literally gave in my presentation last a couple of days ago is that when you are aware of this stuff, it's almost like it, when Neo's in the matrix and he like sees the zeros yeah. and ones and he grabs yeah. them and he's like, Oh, got it. <laughs> but like, yeah. you start to realize that like, and, and explain like, cause I think like entrepreneurs, you know, typically see this vision that they're that they're marching towards and however it came to be. So they're maybe a little bit more aware than the typical, you know, yeah. worker or corporate worker. I mean, again, that might sure. be a generalization, but then, as that, that's still an illusion that they created in their head, right? So then, right. then they, they, and they might change over time without knowing how they decided to come up with that original vision. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And so, in fact, the Matrix, by the way, I, I wrote a book called, <laughs> called I wrote a book called Soul Intention, and I Matrix is one of the first quotes that the book opens up with. Actually, <laughs> that's so, fantastic. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so. I think what happens is, is that I create this business, right? And then it becomes, sometimes it's bigger than I expected. Sometimes it's not. It depends on what the person's, you know, uh, what they're, usually it's, they didn't see it going where it does. And it becomes a living, breathing thing. Organism. Yeah. Right. And I become part of that living thing. And in some cases, so like, if you look at, I believe two of the, the most important drivers in our, in our operational network in our mind are, how does life work is one of them. Like what, what's this story called life, which is a question I like to ask people like, well, what, what is life about anyway? You know, what's your paradigm around that? Why are we here? What's our life experience about deep question really? And the second one is who am I, which are the most 
three most powerful, who am I, three most powerful words in the English language, because what ends up happening for a CEO is I become my business. And oftentimes I lose some of my context of who I am because now I'm a, I'm a CEO or I'm a business leader or my company needs me. And they end up coming this glue of this part of this person that's kind of like built into, um, you know, this, and then, and then now, now they're, they're part of it. Right. And they're like, so it's almost like they're getting sucked into it. And it's, it's, um, it's really kind of, you know, really kind of, you know, scary in some cases. Right. And, and then what ends up happening oftentimes from what I've seen is, is that it's, it becomes more, I become more and more and more absorbed by it. Right. And part of it. And then I'm still of, Maybe I'm a, I know I'm, I'm married, so I'm a, I'm a spouse, so uh, I'm a wife or I'm a husband, and then I've got uh, I'm a parent, but there's not enough space maybe for all that, and I'm there, but I'm not. So like you know, there's you run into marital issues, you run into um, kids that parents weren't around for a lot of their their childhood, and um, there's and there's actually I'm I've got a five year old. I'm I'm my wife and I are later into the parenthood game. Um, even though we've been together for, uh, well, we've been married for 24 years, so we've been together for a while. But regardless, the cool thing about that is, is that I've been having to work with so many family businesses and seeing what can happen on, when I, they have older kids. I've been altruistic in our approach in regards to how we want to raise our daughter. And, you know, like I dropped her off this morning at school, like I do every day. And, and the thing that they're very specific about how I build anchors to that. So anyway, mm-hmm. but going back to your question, uh, about the CEO, I think they, they become part of the organism and that becomes part of the problem, especially when they decide, you know, as, as you and I both have, yeah. have questions around, like, what's your exit? Like, when I'm meeting with people, you know, I'm, I'm oftentimes asking, like, so what, what's your exit plan? Like, what do you... You watch like, visual, well, I, I got another 10, I got another 10 years. That's a visceral reactions, right, Chris? Visceral yeah. reactions sometimes because it's, right. it's like you're, it's not just an exit. It's such a loaded question because are you talking from management responsibilities or from ownership responsibilities or from me, who I am? What about like, it just like, then it's like complete shutdown mode. And I think what's interesting about what you're talking about is so in a a couple, couple other uh, comments on it. So Kate Spade, when she passed away because she was like, literally there was a whole article written about her and like this whole identity thing of entrepreneurs, she couldn't recreate her previous business. And because she would like, and I had, I've had so many uh, quotes, Chris, of like some one gentleman, he said it was like a surgical procedure to remove the business from me. Like, because, like, right. So there are these visceral, like, and very gra- graphic ideas of, so Kate Spade, within the, within the article, they said that there was an fMRI. So there's brain scan and the entrepreneur that sees a picture of their kids and talks about the business. It literally, it looks the exact same in the entrepreneur's brain. Oh shit. Really? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Oh. So now you think about it. Yeah, I, re- I, I could totally see that though. I'm not surprised by it, but it's not crazy, but they cool. actually, yeah, they actually proved it. So that's this whole, cool. like, it's not my baby. Like, no, that's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I've, I had a client say to me, it was the, his wife and she goes, Oh yeah, I've got a, there's a mistress in our, in our relationship and it's the business. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. started like, this is so, it's not just a thing. It, it's not just a make-believe thing. It's a real yeah. thing. And when I'm, I'm really curious because I literally went through this too, is like, and I watched my dad go through it as, okay, so like, and I, the reason I believe in the, there, that that happens is because the people you hire, the clients you take on, the problems you're solving, the systems you're implementing, everything is a derivative of you. How you make decisions. It's like this blank canvas yeah. that becomes right. you. 
So right. then what, what happens is, is like, I'm, I'm so excited to hear your response to this is like, okay, so like what happens is one day you wake up because you're really, really having fun. You're in the flow. You're totally jiving. And you is this up. how you do it? Is this and how you do like, it? Yeah, you're just like, and then you wake up and you just like, you just wake up one day and you're like, screw this shit. And then if you become like suffocated and yet uh, everyone relies on you, everyone yeah. has that make believe paradigm that you created and you can't. Yeah. And it's just like, I watched tragedy happen when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anything can be navigated. Right. But I think what ends up happening, you know, that's probably someone who the level of consciousness kind of running at a lower level. I'm a big David Hawkins guy, uh, power versus force. I don't know if you've studied any of his work. Um, really, really cool. What's but, um, David Hawkins? Yeah. Yeah. Hawkins. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Hawkins, uh, power versus force. That, that book was, you know, there's like a probably 10 game changing books over my life that I've read maybe 20. I have a hard time getting it to 10 maybe, but uh, <laughs> that, that one would be up there for sure. Really interesting. Uh, really interesting. But you know, it's like, I think my level of awareness, something, cause like here, here I'm, I'm big about removing resistance, right? Even though I'm a martial artist and studying um, for, whoa, uh, I'm getting, I'm entering my 35th year of study pretty soon here, studying the same art, uh, form, form of uh, wow. karate. So, but I'm big on resistance, like, okay, resist it, like in order for resistance to occur, there has to be opposing force, right? And we often create our own opposing internal force. Mm -hmm. and, re and how that happens is, as I start creating a situation where I live incongruent to what I say I value. And one of Wyatt, one of the exercises he would do, and I've, I've adopted with my clients is like, okay, we go through some clarity in what we say we value. All right, now we got that. The other part of that for me is, it's like, why is that? Because sometimes we end up creating things that we say we value because this might sound bizarre, but if my love, security, and self-esteem aren't whole internally, mm -hmm. then I'm going to create conditions externally to fill my void. Mm -hmm. Meaning that if I don't feel that I, my self-concept's high enough, then I'm going to get significance from solving problems like and I, having I, I, affirmation from your from your employees or right like, yeah, yeah exactly I, I've had CEOs that I literally would create problems in their business if they didn't have <laughs> just, them I'm, yeah. I'm telling you I, so I agree with you they can they could fix them so they could get significance mm -hmm. now my my orientation is like well okay let's fix that because really if if you want the the ultimate life experience. Wouldn't it be nice to remove that fucking burden because that that's a burden <laughs> to me right totally. like let's let's it doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. What if you became the person who didn't need that? That would be interesting. Then I guess who would you be? Well, but, I, can I give you a little right? interesting story that is like, sure. so my dad went through some personal things when um, in his past and it, without giving any too much into the, the personal story, he created this, he created our family business, Chris, to prove to the world that he was worth something. And sure. when he, like, so it went from zero to $20 million in 10 years to prove to everybody that he was yep. worth something. The moment that he dealt with the past, he no longer wanted his company. Isn't that interesting? And that, that literally, that's, that, that was, that was the moment that it plateaued. That was the moment he never went back into the office. I mean, it was just, it was that cause he just didn't care anymore. Right. Cause he yeah, fixed so what was in, he fixed what was inside. <laughs> Yeah, and that it, it, it's an interesting challenge though, because I've been down that road with business owners. Is that if you something the law of substitution has to interplay here, where I've got to I've got to get a new driver, 
Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that if I've created this driver to get to where I want to go, and then you help me whole and I don't need it anymore, it doesn't mean I don't want to be motivated to sit around in, in a cave and meditate all the time. Even though at sometimes I kind of wonder what that life would look like. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. As a, as a, as an app, you know, as a daily meditator. But regardless, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, we're we're here to to do something. It's just part of how part of how we're we're set up as human beings. We're we're developed to grow. Everything in nature is growing. So it's it's just kind of part of an order of life, I, I believe. But I had a best-selling author who uh, hired. She was massively miserable, um, you know, and and uh, amazing lady created awesome success and it was always about the next bogey and like so the next thing when i was talking to her like her next bogey was like i want to get a, a plane and i want to you know want to get you know i have these cars but i want this car and i'm like why 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 and then i said do you know why and she's like well no because and she was telling me what answer i said that's not why and she said why i said i said i know why and she said well, okay i said because you're way too focused on what other people think that's your ego who wants that. Now, granted, I have clients who like love nice cars or nice watches or whatever, but because they don't have them right. to like show them off because they're they nice just and they like because they, they like it. <laughs> right. it. Has nothing to do with it, right? Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. And and I'm like, I said, if we don't fix it, the reason you're not happy, you will never be happy until we fix this ever. It is a whole. You got so many holes in this bucket. You can keep filling it with new goals and new best-selling books and all these, and all this, you know, go, going and, 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 uh, you know, the book signings and having all these people throw themselves at you. It's like you're, you, and so we have, but we have to figure out, well, why am I doing it? Why am I passionate about it? And what's going to drive me? But I have had CEOs that are like, they get to that point, like you said, and the ego starts actually reorientated and they're like, what the fuck's all this for then? I don't care. And right. they just look around like, well, you know what? Well, what? Why does it matter? Why does anything matter? <laughs> I'm so like, well, hey, man, let's go get a big bag of weed then. And let's just <laughs> smoke away the afternoon. I mean, it's like. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> seriously, Chris, like, so like, I, I could count probably a dozen times where like people on my show were like, because I, I mean, that's literally what my dad dealt with. And I've watched it personally with clients and the people on the show where I woke up one day. And I felt like there was a noose around my neck. It's probably it's because they fixed or that 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 more that evolution happened, like you're saying, where they didn't need the affirmation or whatever it was for the business, which you know financially leaves an absolute you know ton of value on the table because they just want to do a fire sale. They didn't do all this stuff. So then the flip of that is what I find is so interesting is like you know because. I, you and I are, are living and breathing probably this type of the world, the emotional world most of the time. And then there's the financial like structures and the data of like, okay, like now we have to have these decisions that may, are made in logic as well, knowing right. that there's two parallel like world things that need to be solved here. And in, in, yeah. as, as far as like the emotion and then like the financial operations. But what happens is I'm over the last five years since we sold and we've got, I've gone through this, I was all in the emotional world like you, just like a lot of the entrepreneurs and then I've learned the other side of the world of all the finances and the logical stuff, all the advisors. And it's a, it's a big, my partner would hate me for saying all most that I know (laughs) they approach it from the logic. So they're going CPA is saying, Chris, tell me about this. What's your discounted cash flow? And they're going, dude, I'm so broken inside. Like I'm not selling this shit because like, I, I don't know what I do. I hate my marriage. And like, so, you know, whatever it is. So you have like people literally talking from two different sides of the world and it just doesn't work. Let's go, let's go into that for a second. 
I'm, try, I'm thinking about the people out listening to us right now. Like, whoa, where are we going with? <laughs> um, but let, let's they're, go you, they're, you, they're used to me, by the way. So, yeah, so this, is, this is an interesting topic, though. Like this whole idea, because like, okay, for human beings, or spirit, I, my context is where spiritual beings have an human experience, and we're, we want to navigate it based upon what we what we feel pulled to go in a in a true way that's not aligned with what we think other people want for us. Because we, let's call, you know, we love results and we yeah. have uh, security and self esteem. So okay, we're we're the best we can be at this time, and we're conscious. So now what? Well, let, well, let's talk about the decision you just mentioned. Decisions. Let's talk about the decision making process. Because how do we, as human beings, we 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 have this gift called choice, right? I mean, I, my dog's got choice uh, too, yeah. but regardless, you know. But I, I have conscious choice. And a lot of times we're not conscious of our choice because we're not paying attention. But so true. Right? But we have these choice, these decisions. And we know like there's how many freaking decisions we make in a day. Yep. Um, from like what freaking shirt am I going to wear to I'm going out to dinner tonight. And you know, Should I have said yes to that person or no to right. that person? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then how do I navigate? And then there's critical decisions in business. And then, you know, we're, I love, I love information. I'm a big data guy. Uh, I, I, but I think it's oftentimes there's a data overload and we should be making decisions with knowing what, where we're at in reality. Yes. hundred percent. But then there's also the intuitive side too. And, but the decision still needs to be aligned. I believe from where would I want to go and what do I want? How do I want things to look, look for me and knowing why and what are my values and what am I trying to take care of? Like, you know, when you look, work with a family business, it's like, I care about my people. I care about my family. I care about myself. I care about my employees. When I say people, I care about my customers also. And how do I take care of all those things if I'm going to do a transition? Because any one of those things, can, it could be an interpersonal relationship, could be myself, it could be our customers, any one of those could be at risk, right? And you had said, you know, you alluded earlier, you know, like that you know, the, the person that founds a business, they implant that core value of that business into the business. And if mm-hmm. it's going to stay that company and maintain the trajectory, like even McDonald's, who's got a new, newer CEO, who's been done some pretty. I'm not a big McDonald's eater uh, for the fan for the folks out your fans out there, but regardless, uh, I was just reading about them the other day in the journal, and they've, they've done some pretty amazing things uh, with their business model. Uh, the CEO has right, but I'm sure he's sticking to still some of the core principles that that founder has. Mm-hmm. So you know, his question for I'd ask you is like, how do you, how do you think people typically navigate decisions in business, and where do they where do they where do they get off track, and why? I think I think it's um, so maybe some context even before I answer that. So Simon Sinek just came out with a new book called The Infinite Game, which is amazing. So I okay. so, so Simon Sinek's book Infinite Game, and then the Conscious Capitalism book, which I adhere to, which is like be good for everybody. And like I think that so here's what I think is interesting is that founders. And I'm, and I'm not talking about VC backed or like, you know, like the financial engineers of like business. I'm talking about people that had a good idea, had a vision and wanted and wanted to fill a void and prove to themselves into the world that they could do something. Right. So that vision evolves over time and you have all these people that rely on you. And as you continue, continue to change, you do feel that trap and you, and those decisions, I think you become more and more aware, Chris, it's kind of to your point earlier. So the moment that you kind of become aware, you kind of do the matrix thing, you go, now yeah. I'm here. I've either become aware that I'm, you know, making fires in the business to solve them. How do I like how to do that and go through that evolution 
without burning down the ship. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like going through. So like, I, I, I don't know if like, I think the decisions are being made based on that original vision, but then as a human being, it, act, it normally evolves. So like what happens is you have, and I've, I've personally gone through this because I'm the visionary too, is everybody's trying to keep up with, with your vision. You know what I mean? So that in, in EOS tracks, they call it entrepreneurial whiplash, right? As you're constantly evolving and changing. So to somehow work on yourself outside of the business and have like a normal relationship would then allow you to more consciously make your own personal decisions, I think. Yeah. Because I think, yeah. I don't, th- I, to your point, I don't think there is a process. <laughs> I think it just no. happens. No, it does. But how it happens and who's advising us, like you said, is a really big thing. I know my, uh, Mentor often said, was like, you know, multiple perspectives is one of the key ingredients to driving decision and, and, and then creating, you know, outcomes. Uh, however, multiple perspectives are not all created equal, right? So, mm-hmm. like, you just, you can't, they're, they're not. And, you know, in the, co- in the coaching world, I've seen this where, and I, I have a hard time, at, I, even though I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm someone who's master sales, I'm someone who, has done very well in leadership world. I've done someone that done well in organizational health. I've, I've, you know, I've done some amazing work and in, in coaching and someone's like, Oh, well you're a life coach. And I'm like, I, I was like, Whoa, I don't put me in that. Cause like, to me, there's, there could be a paradigm associated with that. Yep. Same with consultants, right? It's like, you know, most consultants, uh, you six Sigma, done, black belt, that's it. <laughs> haven't done what they're helping you do. That's one challenge I have with that is like, yep. they, I've had operational background. I've come out of that world. So like I get it. And then, so there's that piece. And then the coaches, there's so many coaches out there and, and, and there's some great ones, but a lot of them couldn't coach themselves out of a paper bag. They don't, their lives are a train wreck somewhere. Um, and not to mention, you know, they're broke. So they don't even, it's like, man, yeah. like you're giving people advice. So like you're coaching somebody and telling them what, the, and I was talking to somebody the other day, I got referred to me and they're working with this coach and, he starts talking about all the, the what the, these things they were talking about, and I'm like, he's like, you know, what you're talking. I'm talking about. I'm like, no, no, I don't. I mean, it was way out in the rings of Saturn. Like the plane's got to land somewhere here on this planet, man. Like these are great ideas, but you know, there's got to be some level of application. You know, it's uh, so, it, it is well. In the, if you think about like to your point about the all perspectives are different. So when you're when you're that entrepreneur and you, if you're the listener and you're sitting there going, okay, I'm changing in my soul and in my head and I'm slowly evolving. I like, I think the biggest challenge in this dynamic that I, I personally went through as well is that, you know, who do you talk to that gets what you're going through? Doesn't tell you just get rid of your company, but then like, I think about it like, so like back, you know, so I had a hundred hundred employees, VP of sales was a really good friend of mine. CIO was a really good friend of mine. A couple of my salespeople, really good friends of mine, family, the vendors, you're not going to go and say, Hey, I don't really know what to do with this business anymore. You know, I'm kind of different. And, and then everybody's going, do I have a job? Do I not have a job? Like, so you start to have, like have realized that all the people that you care about rely on you. Right. <laughs> and then like, you know, you ha- it's so isolating. And then you, you know, then I was part of Vistage or all these you know peer groups, and they go there. And then uh, my dad used to call it Doctor Phil advice. So in one 15 minute thing, I'm yeah. gonna say, "All right, Chris, here's what's going on," and you're gonna go do this, and they're like, "There's right. no context," and so like you yeah, just right. feel so alone. So where and how do you process that when all advice is not created equal? And you know, you just explained the problem with the coaches and the advisors and all this. It just it just it's a, it's a yeah. really big challenge for owners. 
Yeah, I think that's a good question. And I think if you'd be able to check, a few, I think you should be able to check a few boxes. One is, is that, does this person know what the hell they're doing? That's a box <laughs> you've got to check. You say, well, how do I know? Well, have they A, produced outcomes from themselves, or B, have they advised other people to create outcomes? And I, I'm an open book. Uh, I, I, transparency is a big value to me. And I, I know we just talked to someone recently that's going to uh, start with us in January. And, but one part of, you know, I'm like, Hey, would you like to talk to some of our clients? Yes. I'm like, perfect. No problem. I'll make a couple introductions. Here's mm-hmm. some I have in mind. One's in the exact same space you are. And so my point was like, Hey, go ahead, go have a conversation with our current customers. I don't, our past customers, I don't have an issue with that. Cause if I can't, and let them tell you the what, what their experience has been. Let them tell you why they're paying the money they are. If I, that that's ownership to me, right? Like, so if you're talking to someone, they should be able to have that level of of certainty tied to something, right? What happens, what, what what happens when you're shit on the table, right? Right, and then so which makes sense. But like, what happens if you're the the so one of the listeners and owner doesn't know what the outcome is that they're searching for? So you they have don't know what they want. They don't know what they want. Because they know, like I, I give you the, the, the example, like they, they're looking up and they're going, uh, like maybe the level of consciousness, will, or, you know, rose up a little bit, or their awareness, and they're like, I just don't know what I want, so I don't know what I'm looking for. So then people, yeah. all right. So the, the folks that say I don't know what I want, I say there's a level of bullshit tied to that, because, and I think part of the reason is, is because I, here's this is my philosophy, mm-hmm. is that if I'm not clear on what I want, I mean, there might be some reality to it if I'm. Uh, I got to look at the frame of who the person is. But, you know, sure, I've met a lot of folks that are in their early 20s. I, you know, until you're 24, your brain's not been fully developed anyway. So I, I would hope maybe you don't know what you want. And that's okay, right? Like, that's that's cool to me. But I think there's some things you do know you want too. And I think a lot of folks today, there's there's a, and I love the shift. More people today are focused on, it's not about like, hey, I want to be a dentist. Or, hey, I want to own this business. It's about, I want to create a life experience and figure out a way to resource that. Like there's, they're not maybe seeing it that way, but there's a lot of that shift shift going on in regards to corporate America and people entering corporate America, which I think is really cool. I think uh, the Europeans were just in uh, in France last month uh, as a family for a good week. And I just love this. You go out to eat cafe. No one's trying to fricking turn the table, drive you in, drive you out. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, there's more people in the moment and just enjoying company and join join life instead of just like, go 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 next thing to check a box check a box but the person that you know says they don't know what they want is like well you gotta know something there's got to be something that you know like there's something you value and i would ask that person i'd say well is there any part of you that doesn't believe that you're worth it or that you can have it like is that even because like those are the, those are two limiting beliefs that are huge Right, that that can run under the they're, they're, they can run to the surface for a lot of us. It, it, it comes down to am I good enough? Am I worth it? Right, that one is a big one for a lot of folks. And the other one is what's possible, right? And so those are limitations that could be filtering why saying I don't know what I want because I'm scared of overcoming those two things. Does that make sense? It does. And then when you're dealing with that, you have so many people that rely on you. That it like the pressure, so it's like it, it's like dealing with that and being at filling a. Oh, I can't remember who yeah. I interviewed. It was a while ago. We're like f- giving yourself the time to feel and think about it without. Get, it's just just hard to create that bubble of like of peace where you can actually think about it without having people just bombard you. Then yeah, well, you should you should hire. You know, I think that person should hire someone or 
maybe they create a friend that owns a business that can understand their vantage point, that can listen to them and not necessarily crawl in your hole with you per, per se, but to help, to help you feel, I think it's, it's good. Right. Um, and, uh, so there is a level of, of, of therapy that's, I think, involved for anybody. I mean, Anonymousness is is not deemed as easy. It's not. Uh, I had a client that often said, like, building a, a successful company is not easy because if it were, everybody would be doing it. <laughs> right? Yep. Yep. And so the you know when I th- what are when you watch someone that's gone through this transition, like, what are the things that they successfully do, and then like, what does the outcome look like usually? On a like a trend, trend business transition front, yeah, business transition okay. as they're like you know as they're mentally and you know get working themselves out of this. When you because when yeah. you said like they built themselves as prison, you know, yeah. so like getting out of that prison. Like, what does that yeah. look? Like? What are what are things? Yeah, that's, that's cool. Like, so you really it's a it's a it's a process of self discovery. You get deeper into like who am I? How did I get to where I am? Why? It's, no, no, no judgment. But like, what do, what's next for me is, you know, and then what do I truly value and how do I do, how do I, you, you see a lot of folks that are looking to transition, uh, oftentimes they're like a Bill Gates, like, how do I leave a legacy, right? Like, how, how do I drive something forward um, and get involved to, to do that, right? Because if, if you, if the fact of the matter is, if you built a business, you've got a lot of amazing talent to a degree of something, right? Like you, you've got resources that you could help. You could help and mentor other folks. You could you leverage that at nonprofits. They need the help. Like there's there's so many places that you could go. And I think it's a reality of like if I'm not, it's not like you don't really have to lose who you are, and that who you, if who who you were was not necessarily tied to what you do. And so there's a reframe that has to happen that what I do is not who I am. And, but that happens even for, for moms who right. Right. Uh, stay home and raise their kids. And then and I've seen this happen. And then they'll become become empty nest. So it's like, they're like, holy shit, what am I? Yeah, right, right. What do I do? Who am I? I'm a mom and I don't have kids. I'm lost. So interesting. And, Chris, someone, uh, the guy that was on the show last week or a couple of weeks ago, he said, retirement's total bullshit. And it, and it's, and it, and so when you say, and it, cause it was literally re only created like, 50 years ago. <laughs> I mean, like I think FDR who created social security didn't even get to the age of using it himself because he died. <laughs> so like, yeah. so what, what I find is interesting is like, especially for entrepreneurs that are goal driven. I mean, is there like a process of watching people recreate this new vision that allows yes. them to get out? Cause like uh, this guy yes. named Daniel Moshe, he said, I had to have this new vision that allowed me to swim out or break out of that prison. So like, what do you, what have you seen yeah. that works well for people and how to do that? Yeah. So, Besides playing golf every day. Yeah. Which is- it's, all, it's like almost a whole other podcast, but in essence, <laughs> what I typically do is uh, I, I work, I work people through, um, and I'll just put this out there right now is, uh, before I forget. Um, I'm, uh, there's a URL that, uh, I've set up called uh, greatest years of your life.com. And you can get a vision workbook since you're asking about that at, you, someone can opt in for that and get the vision workbook and then we'll just market the living shit out of you and sell it. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's an opt in, uh, but we, we will not do that. So uh, regardless, <laughs> uh, greatest years of your life.com. And what, so basically like, and I have, I'm doing a workshop next week and what we're going to do in essence is kind of like, okay, what are my values? 
What do I believe about myself? We ask some deep questions on that orientation currently. And then let's navigate. Let's just sit here and let's go through departments like health and wellness, which is pretty critical first, because if I'm not healthy, um, doesn't really matter much. Right. So that's, that's a big one to me. So, and then, and then, so we, we walk through all of it, life experiences, um, to, um, you know, what do I want my relationship with my spouse to look like? Uh, all of those things, if you're married and, or, or if you're not, that's fine. But like everyone is going to have some level of love or relationship somewhere in their life though. We're, 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 we're driven that way, but there's, there's four stages that need to happen in all these. And the four stages are, is, you know, getting clarity in what we want and, but then also challenging our beliefs around what that is, right? Mm-hmm. And why that is, so that we can make sure that we're anchored to something that's intrinsic, not externally. And then the other piece is that is that um, then I got to figure out leverage why. Why do I want this? You know, the, the Simon Sinek star, why? Because like, that's, that's, that's huge. I've got to have a big, deep enough an- anchor. And then the fourth one is the strategies, right? Which a lot of people just go to strategies right away, but they're, they're trying to override what's going on in, internally, right? That friction again, we got to remove the friction so we can, we, uh, that's my thought. I was like, let's not break through, fuck breaking through. That means I got to really push. Why don't we just find out where the resistance is and remove it? I don't know. That'd be a lot easier. Give you an know, example, give an example okay. of one of those. Um, so let's say I've, I had a client who created, who basically believed that uh, this was an interesting one. So, we were doing a transition. He had built a pretty good business for himself and he still wanted to be part of it, but he kind of like, I don't want to do this so much. I'm like work 50, 60, 70 hours a week. I want to be less part of some, I want to work in the parts of business I love the most and just pull myself out out of the rest. Okay. We totally can do all those things. So we started the process of that. We built some scaffolding around him to support the areas he wasn't going to do anymore. And we worked, worked towards that. And then what ended up happening is, is that, I'd be talking to the other leaders and the leadership team because I, I make great relationships with the executive team and I'm working with a company because I have to because I need to know what's going on. And then some of my check-in calls with some of the other executives are telling me of like how basically this guy's back in these operational meetings. And I'm like, is he doing <laughs> So I'm like, get him on the phone and I'm like, dude, what's up? Like, I don't like, because they told me like this happened, this happened, and then you got involved and things were going well. These like, and then you start challenging it and then you start, de- de- things kind of got derailed. Like, what, yeah. what's up? Well, no, I just, you know, he's just going through his whole, he's telling me his story. Most stories are bullshit. Like it's just, it's just rationalization of why he did. So we started talking about that and I'm like, let's, okay, let's stop a second. What do you believe? Now just answer this question. Let's forget everything that, about this. Let's put that all aside. Okay. What do you believe about success? What do you mean? I said, well, what, if you're going to give a, a high school talk and you're going to talk about what creates success, what's the key elements of that talk? Well, I tell them, uh, you got to work hard. I'm like, okay, what else? Well, you, you're going to have to struggle in order to have success. I said, really interesting. I said, so is that, is that a core tenet? Like struggle is necessary. Absolutely. I said, well, why, why do you believe that is? He goes, I've never seen it any other way. I said, what part of you enjoys that out of curiosity? He's like, well, if I struggled, then I feel like I deserve the success. And I'm like, huh. Okay. Brilliant. So I'm like, here we go, man. Like this, uh, this was it on the table. So then, and this guy tried many times to remove himself over the year, hired other folks, whatever, but this was it. Like I got in there and then I'm like, okay, what if, what if you didn't have to? Well, I wouldn't know how I I didn't ask how I wanted to know what if, like 
Is it possible? Could we go out and find somebody that's built a life with a level of success that doesn't have struggle in it? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure we could. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I said, so what if you became the person who didn't have to struggle anymore? He's like, that would be amazing. (laughs) I'm like, okay, let's talk about that. So what we did is we started creating a new, a new frame. And then we worked on that piece. And it really kind of honestly was a lot of just a process. Anytime you're looking at a transition, a big component, and I haven't said this yet, but the big theme I'm always working on is letting go. And I got to find out where they've tied their, themselves to what they're not willing to let go. So I can help. Like, I, I, if I let, for him, I was letting go of that story. And I'm telling you, boom, that transition, that company, uh, and I'm still in contact with them. They just finished last year their best year in the history of the business. And he's not even at the helm. That's so cool. He still owns the business. I wouldn't be surprised, Chris, if that whole dynamic that you just described probably relates to most of the listeners and most entrepreneurs. Like you have to struggle because you just get used to getting the shit kicked out of you. (laughs) And And I, and like, dude, I'm a seventh degree black belt and I hate getting hit. I hate it. (laughs) I don't like it. I really don't. And I, you know, I, I, I just soon get it over with, you know, and it's just, uh, but that's, that's me, you know, I, I enjoy that, you know, because that was such a good response. And uh, I'm, I'm curious on this is, so I saw on your website, you're, you're familiar with the term flow by me. I can me high too. Right. Yes, so absolutely. The, the perfect tension between challenges and skill sets, right? Yeah. You're, you're over challenged, your anxiety, you're under challenged, you're bored. Um, I've, I've experienced it. I've had tons of people on the show experience or describe it. How do you recreate that without the business? Or like, how have you seen people do that? Cause like I had one woman, she goes, I miss capitalism. I miss seeing the numbers and seeing the react cause it's feedback too. Right. So sitting on a charity board and just playing house or doing golf or retiring is not a thing. So how do you recreate flow when you don't have a business? Cause I yeah. believe that being an entrepreneur and in a business you're living in flow like probably 90% of the time, which is like a high. I mean, it could be. Yeah, it can be, yeah. So, so how do you recreate that? I mean, what flow to me is like, you know, why I started surfing a few years ago or why part of the reason I studied martial arts or why we practice. My, wife, my wife's a yoga pra- a practitioner and so am I. You know, like th- things that get us out of our head and into our body where we're we're absorbed in what's going on. We're conscious and aware, but we're not necessarily dialed in our head, right? You can't be like, you know, thinking things through and necessarily be in a, in a flow state because flow is, you know, think mm-hmm. about how water moves, right? And, but that's a process. You can apply it to business, but you can apply it to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, I think there's an element of inspiration tied to that. That that's, that, that's, that's a critical piece too. And in essence, what I think, mean, you know, what I've found is, is that you have to unpack it you have to unpack what creates your own flow. And then once you have that, now you can figure out, okay, well, workouts, can I plug it in? Because we can create a story of I have to have, a, you know, maybe it is you start another business. I'm not saying you shouldn't. Or maybe you help someone else. You become an advisor to someone in a business. I'm not saying, you know, like whatever that is for those life experiences that you, you want to drive that generates that flow state. My grandfather, um, who I hadn't talked about yet, but I typically bring him up in, in interviews. Saying he he died last year. He was ninety nine, and he died because he just didn't want to live any longer. He was just done. Um, there was no really major health issues he had. 
98 years old, still driving around, living at home, doing his thing, playing tennis well into uh, almost probably around 90 anyway. Um, you know, he's filming downhill ski, created a lot. But, so he retired. Think about it. So he retired, like, I don't know, say by that time he was 60. And then uh, oh, right away, he started, he started up another business in real estate and he loved the woods. So he'd buy pieces of land and clear little paths in the woods and then, you know, and then sell them. And then he just did that for, from, I mean, I mean, I, in fact, I still, I still get, uh, I inherited a piece of, I inherited part of that business still, still exists right now. Like there's not much there, but, uh, he winded a bit of it down, but it's just funny. Like that was his thing. Right. And he found like, and he, he loved, he, he was, he was a very social person. He had deep, meaningful relationships, which is a big piece too. Right. If you, if you look at like books, like, um, um, from the blue zones, where you basically look and study well, what, yep. what drives longevity and, and happiness. Like we want, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, we all want to be happy. We want to have joy. We want to have peace. So what drives all that? Like let's, let's really get to the core element of what we're about, mm-hmm. right? It's flow is important, but I really want to be happy. I want to have joy. I want to have peace. I want to be fulfilled. Yep. So if I can do, how do I do those four things? Right. And so there's, there's, there is some methodology to that, like having even for relationships and taking care of ourselves you know, whatever it is, some, something that's tied to purpose is what we're talking about, right? Something that's tied to purpose will can generate flow, whatever that is, mm-hmm. right? And our business, a business can become that, but we don't want to, we don't want it to become like an addiction, right? Which a lot yeah. of folks, it is like, I, oh, I, need, totally. I need that, right? Like, hey, well, let's redirect it then. Yep. Like yep. a lot of substitution, I got to put something else in its place, yep. right? To remove the friction, right? That's yeah. right. That's well, right. I think, you know, what you, you know, all the stuff that you're saying, Chris, is like, it's it's just a level of awareness to be able to shift the yeah. the, the the energy, right? Because I mean, you're going to have to have all that stuff, and if you're getting all those the feed, if the business is feeding all those mechanisms and you don't know how it's feeding it, that's yeah. that's why I believe in Bull Burlingham's thing when he said seventy five percent of the people are unhappy is because they sold the business not knowing, and that's the surgical removement. Like they didn't yeah. know where the business was feeding those different parts, right? So that's then. Right. The, then they're going, I mean, like, then it's all of a sudden you have to recreate that and there's depression, yeah. anxiety, all that stuff afterwards. Absolutely. Totally so agree, man. this has been absolutely a freaking blast. Um, if you were to go back, because we, we covered some serious ground. Um, yeah, if you were to go back and say, you know, to the listener that, you know, that is, look, you know, maybe in the thick of it and is not you know conscious or they're looking up for the first time, what, what, what is some actionable advice to say, okay, here's, here's how to start you know, chiseling your way out of that prison or becoming more aware or engineering the life that they want? Yeah. Well, I, I guess I'd ask first to like, you know, on a scale one to 10, how fulfilled are you? You know, and then answer that about happiness and how much joy and peace do you have? You know, to go and just do a self-calibration. Where am I at on one to 10? And if I'm not a seven and above in any of those categories, then why is that? Right. And, you know, and I, then I would just say, okay, well, wh- where, where am I stuck? And then reach out to someone, you know, reach out mm-hmm. to someone that can, that might, you know, to talk about that because we get stuck. And what happens, um, I'm going to close this idea is that I, I'll ask people like, well, how do you have to be like, you're happy now? Okay. Well, how do you have to be happy? What does that mean? Well, if I'm you tomorrow, like what are the rules around happiness? That's, if, if that's right? a really People cool want to think about that, right? <laughs> well, in order for me to feel happy, I got to do something for someone else. And then, you know, and then they appreciate it. I'm like, well, that sounds kind of sucky to me. Because I have, then you have no control over your own happiness. You've created a rule that says you got to do something and they got to appreciate it. You don't have control over that outcome. They appreciate it or not. So guess you don't get to be happy today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like, what if, you know, what, 
there is a recipe, there is a process, but we often create rules and the person out there, you know, that doesn't have fulfillment, there's probably some rules that they've created, or there's definitely a limiting belief that you have that needs to be changed. And your, your, your programming needs to be rewired. Your mm-hmm. desire to be successful, your desire to have fun and joy and enjoy life and be fulfilled. And yes, life has ups and downs, but most of it should be good. Most of it should be positive and it should be, and you should, we should be thankful because it's a, it's a great, it's a great, great experience to have. And what, and it, we, we should, we should enjoy it. You deserve it, right? Yeah, um, right. So the person that says, oh my God, I just want to call you because you sound like you know your shit. <laughs> What's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, you can, um, you can, my website, uh, www.chrisyonker.com. So yeah, if someone wanted to get a hold of us, it's one of my team would be happy to get back to them and, and, you know, connect. Absolutely. Um, and greatest years of your life.com is, uh, where that, um, vision workbook resides that you can download and, and get into if you want to. And, also, if you have interest in like, hey, attending a future vision workshop or whatever, just, uh, you know, obviously reach out to us, get on our list and we can keep you, keep it posted on, on when, and let us know that you have interest because we do those typically by invitation only. So, okay. uh, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you for uh, having me. I really appreciate it. I love the work that you're doing. So keep it up. Thanks so much for tuning into the whole episode. If you made it all the way through, I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope the big takeaway for you was start thinking about what you want and why. What are your big hurdles? What are the things that are holding you back, reinventing and re-envisioning what the best outcome and the best life that you want for you and your business? What does stage two look like for you? Who is the next person that you want to hand off that baton to? If you want some help understanding what your drivers are, what means success to you, check out one of our growth and exit boot camps. They're two days. It's 5,000 bucks and you will walk out understanding what's important to you, how companies are valued, how to calculate net proceeds, how to identify and analyze different exit options between employee stock ownership plans or ESOPs, private equity, third-party sales, family transitions, partnership buyouts, how each of them impact your valuation, the money up front versus over time and your role post-closing, how to identify ways to increase the value of your company in light of your exit option and your core drivers, and then how to hire your team of advisors that gets you where you need to go to optimize that plan. Highly recommend it. Again, two days, 5,000 bucks, and it's game-changing and life-changing for you, your mindset, and getting you to where you want to go. So that being said, stay tuned in for next week where I interview Gina Wickman and his new book, Entrepreneurial Leap.